This is the Podfecta Podcast, the official podcast of the Podfecta Podcasting Conference. I'm David Hooper. The very first Podfecta event, it took place April 2018 in Nashville, Tennessee, and we needed the first speaker for the first Podfecta event. I chose Jeff Sanders. He's got a podcast called 5 a.m. Miracle. He's more than just a podcaster, but his podcast has been a foundation and a catalyst for his entire business. For example, he's got a couple of books that came directly because of his podcast. Somebody heard his podcast, said, hey, you sound like a good guy to write a book about this. That's exactly what he did. He's got a successful consulting business, speaking business. And one of the ways he makes extra money is by selling advertising on his podcast. That's what I brought him into Podfected to talk about. Here he is, Jeff Sanders from the 5 a.m. Miracle at Podfected Nashville 2018. You never sleep the day of an event. When it's your event, you never do. So I woke up at 5.15, and he's got a podcast called The 5 A.M. Miracle. And I always think about it because I never wake up at 5 A.M., but I was close, and I sent him a text. I said, almost did it, 5.15. <laughs> and 75 minutes later, he was like, oh, I woke up at 6.30 this morning. So <laughs> Jeff Sanders exposed. He's got a brand new book, and he's done a lot with his podcast. And this book here is called Free Time Formula. This is on Wiley. It's a business publisher. You've probably seen him in Hudson News if you travel all through airports and things, business uh, bookstores. I wanted him in here because uh, he's a full-time podcaster. He's doing really great. And that's another thing about everybody that you're going to see here today. We're trying to keep it small, keep it tight. Everybody here is a full-time podcaster. Some of them working in radio, but they, they still are in full-time broadcasting. So everybody up here is doing it. We're not just talking about it. This is not just theory. This is actually what works. Jeff Sanders is a really good guy. 5 a.m. Miracles, the podcast. JeffSanders.com is his website. If you're interested in getting stuff done, he is a great resource. He's a great guy about building a brand. Almost too good because when you see him, you think it's intimidating. Like it'll never happen for you. But super down-to-earth guy, Jeff Sanders. Welcome. Love your show. Oh, thank you. That's great to hear. Yeah, so while I'm going to vamp here for a second, look at this tech plugged in. Uh, I got a text this morning from David, you know, his 515 wake up call this morning. And I texted him back. I was like, yeah, I got a 630 miracle this morning. And then he posts it on Instagram and said, Jeff Sanders exposed. This guy does not do 5 a.m. So I posted back on Facebook. I was like, this is how you respond to somebody via marketing. I'm actually, I don't have to read it here. I basically responded back and I was like, this could be on podcasters, you know, weekly magazine that existed. You know, it's like the big underground secret of podcasters and what happens when things go wrong. This morning, I would talk about what I do probably wrong in a lot of ways, which is good for you. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to doing things the right way, but I'm not always a 5 a.m. guy. So the pressure's off. Anywho, uh, my name is Jeff Sanders. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, this is Podfecta 101. Yeah, hand clap for that one. Exciting. This is the beginning. Um, I'm thrilled to be here this morning. This is going to be an amazing event today. Um, I love talking about podcasting. I have found that over the years, uh, it is the thing that I do the most in terms of my, I guess I call it a day job if you want to now. I also talk about the most because podcasting is a phenomenal thing to do. And before I get into the content here... Who here is new to podcasting? Like you don't have a show yet or you're about to launch or close? Okay, who here would say you're an experienced podcaster or broadcaster? This is old hat to you. Okay, so we got a good mix today. Great. 
Um, I'm going to talk about podcast sponsors from my perspective and my show. Uh, so take what you want from what I'm going to say. Not everything will apply to you or your show. Um, it's a fun topic because everyone loves to make money, and that's what today is all about in this uh, first hour. So we'll dig in here. This is my big face. Um, I, uh, I love this picture here. Just, I'm really tan in this photo. Um, not tan yet. So uh, I am a podcaster, voice actor, author, speaker. I do pretty much whatever I can do uh, to get my message into the world. And so podcasting is my number one thing. It's why I listed it first, because that if you ask me, Jeff, what do you do for a living? Um, I have a thousand answers, but podcasting is number one, because I find that that is the best way to communicate, the best way to get my message into the world. It is the thing that people can find for free online. Uh, so it's really helpful in that sense. But I love to do whatever else I can that stems from podcasting. And if I can make podcasting profitable, that's advantageous, which is why sponsors come in in a big way. Uh, my show launched about five years ago. Um, I'm almost at 300 episodes, um, just over 6 million downloads. Uh, so my show has reached enough of an audience that I can make sponsors work. Uh, it takes time. I'll get to this in a minute, but it took me a while to get here. Uh, it's not an overnight success story, but he means. Uh, one thing that has helped is consistent content. You see here that I had weekly episodes, 234 weeks in a row. Um, I ended that in January, and now I'm doing bi-weekly episodes uh, so I can breathe a little bit sometimes. Uh, podcasting is a lot of fun. It's also a lot of work, um, which is kind of part of the, the story of how to make your show amazing uh, is the energy you put into it, and, and sponsors are no different. So today, we're going to talk about how to get sponsors like these. Uh, these are some of the sponsors that I've had over the years, uh, companies that I've worked with in a variety of ways, uh, ones that have either been direct sponsors of my show or I've done an affiliate thing with them in some capacity, but ultimately they paid me to talk about their products in some capacity. Um, some of them are brands you've heard of. Some of them are brands you haven't. Uh, the good news is there's a lot of companies out there who think podcasting is a really amazing thing. Uh, Dan Miller this morning was talking about podcasting and how it's a hot industry right now. And it is. Uh, it's, it's a really big deal. And so you're here for that reason. And so uh, there's a lot of opportunities to connect with companies that you not, would not imagine would care about you or your show. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunity there to dig in and get sponsors for your podcast. Today, I'm going to discuss uh, basically just kind of 10 elements or 10 aspects of the process to go from having no sponsors up to having uh, consistent sponsors on your show, if that is your goal. Um, not everybody wants a sponsor. There are some pros and cons to it. Uh, David Hooper actually said that today would be about the truth about you know sponsors and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, there is all of those aspects, and I've experienced all of those. Uh, so I will get into some, not drama, but uh, we'll talk about the, the ugly as well. So, number one, uh, let's just clarify before we get started exactly what sponsors are, uh, because there are a variety of ways to work with companies and to, uh, in some way or another, get paid to work with somebody else. And so the easiest, most obvious way to discuss it is that companies will pay you to talk about their products on your show. Um, usually it's a flat rate fee. They pay you X number of dollars. You pitch their product for a minute, and then hopefully it works out. You get to keep using that company long term. 
You could have an affiliate as well. Um, affiliates are great uh, in terms of getting a commission if someone buys the product. Um, affiliates by themselves are not necessarily sponsors, but you could have a sponsor that also works with you as an affiliate. I had one company I worked with where they did pay me a flat rate fee to promote their product. And for every sale that went through for my show, I also got a commission. So that was a very profitable relationship, but I loved that one. Uh, I still have them around occasionally. Uh, so whenever you can work in things like that, uh, it's great. Um, and one of the good news about sponsors is that it's all negotiable. Uh, whatever I say today, you can negotiate whatever you want with these companies and have a better deal, uh, which is always wonderful because the door is open uh, to work creatively with these companies uh, to do things that are non-traditional. Uh, you can do a typical one-minute mid-roll ad spot, or you can do a really creative partnership that's not that at all. Uh, it doesn't really matter what you do. Just find a way that fits your brand, and there really are just so many possibilities uh, to make it work. You also could be your own sponsor. If you want to promote your own products, this is a very common thing that I have begun to do recently uh, where instead of having a traditional ad spot in my show, uh, there will be that ad spot, but it's just me saying, hey, buy my book or hey, buy my course, uh, which also works well so that at the very least, my new listeners know that I sell things and they know that I have products available uh, because there's a lot of churn in podcasting. A lot of new listeners will come in and you want to make sure they know who you are and what you have to offer. Uh, so I, I mean, as a podcaster, one of the greatest things about that is that book sales are very n- a natural flow from there. So if you have a book, um, sell it. If you don't have a book, write one and sell it. Um, it's an amazing thing that happens. Uh, my first book is called The 5 a.m. Miracle. I got that book deal because of my podcast. I got my second book deal because of my podcast. It works. Like It's a really powerful way to make money. There's nothing to do with sponsors at all. I'm just saying this because it's amazing. Uh, book sales and podcasts work well together. So keep that in mind. Uh, number two, you don't have to have a sponsor and you may not even want one. There are pros and cons to this. And so I want to dive into a few of those that are kind of uh, top of mind for what you might imagine. Um, of course, getting paid to podcast is amazing. Uh, for many years, two and a half years actually in my show, I was paying every month just to podcast. It was a hobby. It was fun. I loved it. Uh, but at some point down the line, I had that idea in my head that I would rather get paid to do this if I'm doing it anyway. And I had a company ask me to sponsor my show. And that's where it started for me. I didn't reach out to anybody. Someone just pitched me. And I said yes. And then all of a sudden, I got paid. And I realized this is a good thing. This could work long term. And so I kept doing it. And that's about two and a half years since then. And it's gone pretty well. Uh, It's the kind of thing that once you get the ball rolling, it is fairly easy to keep going. So getting paid is always a lot of fun. The deals for your listeners can be great, too, especially if you negotiate uh, exclusive deals for your listeners. Uh, This is not always the case. Um, A lot of times you'll have a sponsor who will say, hey, you can offer your listeners a 30-day free trial. But they give that to everybody. And that's fine. You can do that. But if you can ask them to offer your listeners something that they cannot get anywhere else, you get higher conversions and more sales, and then your sponsor likes you more, and they keep sponsoring your show. Uh, So keep that in mind as well, because whatever you can do to have that creative relationship is going to serve you long term. Brand positioning is interesting because one thing I thought of when 
I was going to have sponsors was that I might be looked upon uh, poorly by my audience, which I'll get to in a second. But what I have found is that having sponsors means that my listeners think I'm professional, which is a great thing to think. Um, Whether I am or not, it's nice if they believe that. So that's one thing I've seen is that people tend to view my show at a higher echelon than it may be just because someone paid me to plug their product. Uh, So that could work to your advantage also. The accountability piece is huge. You know, I began my podcast as a weekly show, and I wanted to keep that weekly uh, indefinitely. That was my goal in the beginning, and that was my own accountability piece for myself. But once I brought on sponsors and then I had contracts that I had signed so that I had to promote their show in certain episodes, well, then the podcast schedule that I created for myself was all of a sudden a lot more important. And I had to make sure that I hit those, those deadlines uh, or else I wouldn't get paid. And so that's an important piece, too. If you are, are lacking accountability in your own show and you'd like to guarantee you actually do your work, um, having somebody else that's paid you to do it kind of helps. There are some cons to sponsors. Uh, It's kind of like a job in some ways. It is extra work. Um, It's not just free money. You have to actually do stuff to get the sponsors uh, to be on your show. You have to do work to record the episodes, uh, customize the copy. Uh, There is kind of some effort to it. Uh, So it's not just extra cash in your pocket. You will have to actually work to get it. Uh, It does change your show. This is more of a, a subtle kind of nuance here. But you're going to view your show differently if you bring on sponsors, and your audience will do so as well. And it may not be a great thing. It kind of depends on your relationship with your audience and what you're trying to build. Uh, but what I have found is that having sponsors uh, makes me view my show at, at a higher level, and I like it. But I definitely feel, in some ways, like I'm selling out if I'm just bringing on sponsors that aren't a, phen- a phenomenal fit, uh, which is one thing we'll get to here as well, is that When you want to acquire a great sponsor, it needs to be a phenomenal fit for your audience or you're not going to like it, they're not going to like it, and the whole thing could fall flat. So you just want to make sure that whoever you choose to have on your show, you're really proud to talk about that company. And if you're not, they shouldn't be there because otherwise it really will backfire. I say that you could lose listeners. I have actually found in my show that's not the case. I have seen my download numbers either stay the same or increase in the last two and a half years. So I haven't actually seen a, a dip in download numbers due to advertising. So you might, you might have that fear, but I have not seen that in my show. It could happen to you. Uh, my guess is, is that it won't, especially if you do your ads in a way that is professional and maybe a little more baked into your content so it doesn't sound so obnoxious. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do it well. And so you want to make sure that whatever your approach you take, uh, that you keep your audience in mind because they're the ones hearing this stuff and they're the ones that are going to be annoyed by it if it's not very good. This is a uh, new thing from uh, iTunes. They released their podcast analytics where they show you your listeners and how they tune into your episodes over time. I love this because you can see right in the middle this dip. This is where my ads are, right? This is exactly where they are. They start and they finish, and you can see where people have skipped ahead on their podcast player because they don't want to hear it. But as you can tell, most listeners listen to the whole thing. It's only a tiny portion that actually skipped ahead, which means your audience, for the most part, will listen to your ads, especially if they're, if they're reasonable and recorded well. So I was really afraid that people would just get to the ad spot and disappear, but they didn't. They, they came back after the ads and kept listening. And so it's phenomenal to be able to know that even if you have the ads, your listeners are still there. 
They didn't ditch you. They still like you. Uh, it's a good thing to be able to, to maintain that over time. You will need a few things to get started. I'm, I'm guessing based in this room, you guys already have most of the stuff here I'm going to list off. Uh, but for the basics, got to have a website, got to have a live show to get sponsors, uh, download stats from your hosting provider. A lot of them will require you to give you them your download numbers to prove you said your numbers were accurate. Uh, demographics about who your audience actually is, because they're going to want to make sure that you have, you know, that 18 to 24 market males in the U S or whatever the case is, uh, you're gonna want to know that kind of information if you can about your audience. Um, I say an engaged audience because it's incredibly important that your audience responds to you and your recommendations. So it's one thing just to have an ad spot where you talk about a product. It's another thing to say, you know, go to freshbooks.com slash 5am and actually have your audience go there. That takes uh, more engagement than you might get from a passive listener, and sponsors will stick around a lot longer if there is that engagement. And if they track the data and they don't see that engagement, they're not going to stick around very long. So it's important to make sure you have, as much as you can, uh, an audience that likes you enough to at least occasionally go to a link you mention, which is helpful. Um, I say a one sheet here because it's helpful to have a simple way to send information to your sponsors about your show's basic information, download numbers, demographics, whatever I've said here. You can just put all of that in a fancy little PDF document, and mine's actually available publicly on my website. Um, I make it as easy as possible for someone to find it and download it just because it's easier for them to have that data and then to say yes or no to me as fast as possible. You'll need a contract. Those are usually very simple. There's not a lot to those. Um, and then, of course, being consistent with your content on a weekly basis, biweekly. Uh, one thing that sponsors have really um, asked me for in the past is to make sure that whatever dates that I say the episode is going live, it actually goes live on those dates. And a lot of them do so because it's timely for them. They have a promotion that they're doing, and they want to make sure that if you pitch your audience on a um, April on a Monday, that it aligns to their current promotion. Uh, Sponsors don't quite realize how podcasts stick around for years. So if three years from now someone hears that ad spot, it's not going to be relevant at all to them, uh, which is rather unfortunate if your ads are baked into your MP3 file. Um, There are some new ways to get around that with uh, inserting them dynamically. Uh, You need a better host for that. Libsyn offers this for a higher price point. Uh, But there are kind of fancier ways. The the radio uses it now. Hulu uses this. You'll see the ads that Hulu puts in their episodes where it changes based on the current time. That's nice to have. So if you can get a dynamically inserted ad, you can avoid a lot of the timing issues that you may end up with. Um, And it makes your show feel a lot fresher because it actually is current uh, ad spots that go live. Getting great sponsors is the name of the game. Of course, if you have great ones, they're going to stick around for a while. uh, But getting them can be tricky at first. Uh, The easiest way to do this is just to have them pitch you. Uh, Ironically, I thought this would be the hardest part was getting sponsors. And what I have found over the years is it hasn't been nearly as hard as I thought because there are are a lot of companies out there that want to sponsor podcasts. And so they may just approach you. It could be an agency, it could be the company directly, but they're often just going to email you and ask, do you you have sponsors on your show? Would you like to sponsor our, our company? And that's awesome. It's a great way to begin that discussion and see where it goes. The obvious second way to do it is just to pitch them directly and just to say, hey, would you like to be a sponsor for my podcast? The best way to find these kinds of companies is to go to podcasts that already have sponsors, make a list of the ones that sponsor their show, especially if it's in your niche, 
and then you approach those same companies because you know that those companies are already doing podcast sponsorships. And this is really important because I get quite a few pitches from companies that want to sponsor my show, but I'm the first show they've ever tried to work with. And so they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, They're unorganized. They don't have their stuff together yet. They have no copy for me. Uh, It's a mess. And usually when I tell them how much it costs, they're like, ooh, never mind. They run away. Even though the price actually isn't that high, if they're new to podcast sponsors, they're probably new to marketing in a lot of ways, and they don't want to spend money. So you want to find companies who are used to spending money and doing so on podcasts because they already have a system. They have people. They have contact information, and it makes your job a lot easier. So that's really helpful. Um, You could also pitch companies that you work with in your industry. So if you have companies that you already have that relationship already built up, you could approach them and begin a conversation. Um, That's not quite as easy because if they're new to podcast marketing, once again, it's challenging. But the key here is to find companies that make it as easy for you uh, as possible. There is no official number for downloads. I listed some ballpark figures on here, 5,000 downloads an episode, 10,000 downloads. In the past, the 10,000 download number was kind of a a, a number you'd see online in a variety of forums. I have found that not to be true. I know plenty of people, some in this room, who have download numbers that when they began with sponsors weren't at 10,000, and then over time their show has increased. But when they started with sponsors, they didn't have, let's say, for example, 10,000 downloads per episode within 30 days of publication which is kind of the industry norm in some cases. But you can start basically whenever you want. But what I will say to that is you're going to want to have enough download numbers that you can charge enough money to make it worth your time. And a lot of sponsors may not even work with you until you have a certain number they want to see. So the key here is to build a phenomenal show, get people to listen to it, and then at some point decide if you want to enter into this game or not. Uh, It's not necessary to hit you know, 2,000 downloads or 5,000 or 10,000. What's important is that your show has consistently great content and the schedule is there and the audience engagement is there. And if you have that, you can have a great conversation with a sponsor and make it work. Uh, just start at some point when you're ready, uh, but be, be aware that some of them may require a minimum, uh, but it will vary by company. Agencies, I have, <laughs> I don't like them. Uh, and I'm not going to paint a pretty picture of them. Um, I've worked with them in the past, and it's not pretty. Uh, they sound great. It sounds like something you'd want to sign on with an exclusive contract and have a company. You know, They're going to promote your podcast, and they're going to find companies for you and bring them on for a commission. Um, in reality, they're a pain in the butt. And it's usually not worth the energy. Uh, part of it comes into, yes, they have a commission, and they're going to take their, their cut, but that's not really the piece that frustrates me. What I find is that sponsors are companies that want to be on your show, and they want to engage with your audience. Agencies are middlemen who want your money, and they want the money of the sponsors. They don't love you. They don't love your audience. They don't love your podcast. They don't care about you. And that, at first, may not seem to matter because you just want to sign a contract, get a thing going, get some money flowing in. What will end up happening is that they're going to send you AshleyMadison.com type sponsors. It doesn't fit your brand. It's a little frustrating. They're going to ask you to sponsor things that don't make any sense. They're going to ask you to do things at the last minute. And if it doesn't roll with your productivity flow, it's also frustrating. So what I have found over time is that sponsors are best to acquire yourself. It is best to pitch them on your own. Um, If you find non-exclusive agencies, which are basically companies that if they happen to find a sponsor, will send it your way, 
that's great. Those can actually work out pretty well. Um, it's when the companies are committing to working with you long term, things can get a little dicey. Uh, so you just want to make sure that whatever you enter into, you can get out of it if you don't like it. And that you are building the brand you want to build in the way you want to build it. Uh, because a lot of times, if you partner with people who have a different philosophy than you do, uh, down the road, it's going to play out in a bad way. So you just want to make sure that whoever you are aligning yourself with is a really good fit for how you do business. The actual contracts you're going to sign with these companies generally is super simple. Uh, most of mine are one page long or less. Uh, that basically says, here's what you do, here's what I do. Um, they're not complicated. So this is one aspect that I thought would be a mess in the beginning I would need a lawyer for. Generally speaking, you don't. They're very simple. Um, the only real key thing to the contracts with sponsors is you set a minimum number of episodes for them to sponsor. Uh, you don't want to have somebody sponsor one episode. Because the amount of work you're going to have to do to get the one spot is going to be annoying for the amount of money you're going to make for it. So set a minimum. It could be four episodes. could be 12. It could be six months. It doesn't really matter what it is. But have something aligned so that it works to your advantage to make some initial money up front. And at the end of that contract, decide if they want to renew or not and have that conversation. And hopefully at that point, you have a good relationship built up so it's an easy thing to do for renewals. Uh, but once again, the contracts themselves generally are pretty simple. Getting paid is the point of this in many ways. I don't know why else you would have a sponsor unless you wanted to make money from it. Uh, the reality is, is that let's say, for example, you're working with a company like I did for a long time, uh, Nosby, which is my task manager. Um, I promoted them online on my podcast for years before they ever sponsored my show. And so when they did, it was a really natural fit. Uh, but I would have sponsored them anyway. If you're going to bring companies on to your podcast to talk about them that you wouldn't otherwise talk about, then the only reason why they're there is for you to make money. And this is when you just want to make sure that, once again, the alignment is there, that it's a really good fit for your audience, and that you are philosophically okay with it. But then ultimately make sure that you have a contract that does get you paid, so if you choose to do that route, it works well for you. Having said that, definitely get paid up front. Um, I have never had an agency or a sponsor uh, work out well if they told me they were going to pay me later. Uh, these companies, they're not worth suing to get the money for. So it's if you don't get the money up front, it really is just going to be a waste of your time. Uh, the other key piece of this is how much you're actually going to charge. Uh, generally, the industry average is based on CPM, the cost per thousand downloads. Uh, this can vary based on the company, but typically you'll see this and they'll charge, or you, you actually will set this rate yourself. You would charge somewhere in the ballpark of 20 to $30 as the CPM rate. So as an example, if you had 10,000 downloads per episode within 30 days at a $25 CPM, that's 250 per ad per episode. And so if you had, let's say, two ad spots, you would get $500 for that episode. If you had four episodes per month and one a week, that'd be $2,000 in revenue per month. So you can kind of see how the numbers play out here that if you can get a couple of sponsors on your show consistently and your download numbers are there, you can make some money in podcast sponsors. It does add up, but you're going to have to have the numbers there and the system in place. Uh, there also are other great ways to kind of negotiate those relationships without money at all. Uh, one example is I had a sponsor. I know Jeff Brown, the audience here, had a sponsor of State and Liberty, which is a company that makes really fancy shirts. I didn't wear their shirt this morning. I should have. Um, oh, Jeff Brown did. There we go. 
I have 10 of their shirts in my closet because I negotiated with them to pay me a smaller fee so I get more of their shirts because they're awesome shirts. And so it worked out really well. And then I, I promoted their shirts. I mean, I'm doing it right now. I'm not getting paid for it, right? Like it's, it still works long term to have that kind of thing built in. So if you find a creative way to work together with somebody, like getting free products or free services, um, that can be all the payment you need. It just depends on how that works for you and your business. So once again, be creative and it can be a lot of fun. Renewing your sponsors is the name of the game when you want to make money long term. It's the easiest sale in the world just to say, hey, you know, fresh books, do you want to sign on for another six months? And they're like, sure. And then there you go. Um, that happened to me last uh, January. And so, like, that makes it really easy. Um, I am tired of talking about fresh books all, all the time, but they paid me. So it's, that's part of the deal, I guess. Uh, one great way to make sure you can get renewals with your sponsors is to have your data tracked. Um, often they'll give you a custom URL like freshbooks.com slash 5am for my show. Um, what I often like to do is create my own custom URL that's forwarded to theirs. So for example, I would do jeffsanders.com slash freshbooks and then tell my audience to go there because then that auto forwards to freshbooks link. So both of us are tracking the, 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 the clicks. Both of us get that data. Now, they only know who bought the product or not, but ultimately I can see how effective my links are that I'm giving out on the show. So I know, you know, if I have X number of downloads and I see X number of clicks that came in, I can do a comparison there of how engaged my audience is, who's listening, who's not, who's buying the products, who's not. You get a better sense of that. And then you can communicate that to your sponsor. They're more likely to want to sign on again with you because you can you can show them the data. Oftentimes they may not do this. Sometimes if they're unorganized, they don't have the data or they didn't track it well. So if you have that as a backup, it does play to your advantage there as well. Also, a lot of them are going to ask about other promotions. They're going to ask about social media posts, blog posts, um, exclusive partnerships, videos on YouTube that you can post. Any creative way you can have to do something other than a one-minute ad spot is going to help them want to sign on with you initially and to renew long-term, especially if you get really good engagement on other platforms. So if you also have a great YouTube channel or if you're John Acuff and have an awesome Instagram account, which I follow and love, uh, then you're going to have incredible engagement through other means that will also get those sponsors interested in wanting to work with you long-term. And so the key is to find whatever way you can to creatively make that one work for you. Communicate often is a, is a nice one. Um, I have some sponsors that I try to keep up with, um, and the more often than I do, uh, they tend to like me more, and just simply liking me helps them want to sign on again. Uh, if you disappear and you ghost them, uh, it's not going to happen. You can also offer discounts for buying in bulk. I have found this to be really helpful. Um, Let's say, for example, you do a six-month deal or a one-year deal with a sponsor. You definitely want to offer them a discount because they're more likely to say yes for a longer-term relationship. Um, I would typically offer 10 20%, whatever it is you want to do as, as, part, as far as giving them some incentive to want to sponsor you longer-term. Um, and that does tend to work pretty well. There are some cases where you have bad sponsors. There are some cases where you're going to have a bad relationship. I haven't had that many, thankfully. Uh, my very first sponsor that I had actually tanked pretty poorly. Uh, it was my fault because I had no idea what I was doing. But since then, I've learned a lot. And so it hasn't been that bad. Um, if you do have a bad sponsor and it doesn't work out for you, just as quickly as possible, get out of it. Return the money if you have to. Run away. You don't want to have that bad relationship because it's just not going to serve you. Uh, 
You also want, once again, want to turn down any sponsor that's not a great fit for your show. Uh, make sure that you are pursuing the companies yourself, or if they pitch you, do your homework, uh, get a free sample of their product, try it out, make sure you absolutely love it and would love to talk about it on your show. The sponsors also represent you and your brand, so it's not just you pitching them, but now you are associated with that brand. So if they have a falling out publicly, you're going to have to retract something probably that you said about them. So just keep that in mind that these are companies you want to partner with uh, with your brand as well. And of course, once again, experienced ad buyers is really helpful because they make your job a lot easier. This is a really amazing one-star review I got on my podcast last uh, November from a person who calls themselves Juicy Pumps. I don't know what that means, but they said, if you like listening to constant self-promotion and ads, you came to the right place. What I love about this, first of all, it's true. Uh, Secondly, it's the only public complaint I've ever had. I've done sponsors for two and a half years, and I've had millions of downloads in that time period, and this is the only thing I've ever seen. So if you're afraid that people are going to hate you, hate your show, you know, complain about it publicly, you know, like I doubt it's going to happen like this that often. It may get some, it may happen to you, uh, but I just love this because it's just the only example I have and hopefully it'll stay that way. And it's funny. So it's great to show. Um, as far as recording a great ad, uh, there's a variety of ways to do that. Uh, sponsors generally will provide you with copy, with graphics, with guidelines on, on what they require for your, the actual ad spot. Um, you can negotiate these things, but uh, as much as they can give you is going to be helpful for you to talk from those kind of bullet-pointed you know, copy. Uh, you want to record every ad live every episode. If you have a recording and you, you record it once and just keep replaying it, your audience will skip it every time. They'll hear it. They'll know it. Um, even though I say very similar things on my ads, it's always a live read. I'm always saying it again, sometimes in a new way. Sometimes I make a mistake and leave it in there intentionally. Like I'm just doing whatever I can to make it feel fresh so it doesn't come across as just another obnoxious ad. It needs to be something more than that. I think podcasting as a personal medium has the opportunity to make ads so much better than what you might see on a TV commercial. And so if you can make your ads personal and customized and fresh, uh, it's definitely going to be more effective. The most common ads you're going to see are the 60-second mid-rolls. That's what I have moved to almost exclusively for all my ads. I used to do pre-rolls and post-rolls, so it was an ad kind of before or after the episode. I found that those were either too obnoxious for me to record, I didn't like them, or uh, I did see a dip in in the, the engagement of listeners. They would hear an ad right away and just skip the episode, and they'd move on. That's not always the case. You can do uh, pre-rolls effectively, but I have found that if I can engage my listener as quickly as possible into the content and get them hooked on what I'm talking about, they'll stick around, and then if an ad shows up, okay, whatever. But if I hit them with an ad right off the top, I lose them really pretty fast. Uh, post-rolls are also least effective because most listeners aren't there by the time you get to a post-roll, and then once they hear it, they just tune out also. So I found that mid-rolls to be the most effective for my show. That may differ for you, uh, but experiment with that. See what happens. Look at the download numbers and see and track the data um, because you may find other ways to engage with ads. Mixing the ads up is also huge. Um, I had uh, a sponsor for about a year, maybe a little more than a year, called Jabra, and they make uh, wireless headphones. And I, they sponsored my show every episode for over a year. So it was like 60 episodes in a row. I got really tired of Jabra, and so did my audience. They didn't publicly complain about it, but they probably should have because it was just too much. 
if you sign long-term deals with, with companies, mix it up. Either change when it happens in the episode, uh, space out episodes, find other creative ways to talk about them. Because if you just say the same thing every week or every episode, uh, it's just going to lose the effect and it's just not helpful. Um, you also want to listen to your audience. Like the, you know, the, uh, the feedback I had with that one-star review, your audience will give you feedback and you should ask for it. Do surveys. Like send out email surveys to your audience and ask them to tell them, you know, tell you about their experience. Do they like the ads? Are they clicking on them? Do they like to go to the links? Are the you know, products helpful for them? That will tell you more about the kinds of things your audience responds to. So then you know the kinds of companies you can pitch in the future because those are more effective versus others. Um, I've seen on my show, for example, that tech companies do really well. So if I say, here's an app that's sponsoring my show, like Texture is a magazine app. And I had a lot of people who went and downloaded that app and then signed up for that service. Um, some companies like that work really well. Um, others may not be as effective. It depends on your audience and what they respond to. Uh, but you want to figure out what that is so you can offer more of those types of sponsors. I just covered a lot of stuff. So I'm going to review here quickly kind of the final action steps. Um, as a productivity guy, this is what I thrive on. Checklist like you saw in the last 45 minutes. Uh, the first thing you want to do to make sponsors work is to publish amazing content. Uh, years is underlined for a reason. It's going to take time to build a great show. It's going to take time for you to be confident as a podcaster, uh, to pitch great companies, to negotiate these deals. This is a long-term game we're talking about. It's not quick money. It is a, a business model, and you're in it for a long haul usually. Uh, so make sure that's your priority, and you will have more success there. Um, of course, once again, an engaged audience is really helpful for conversion. Uh, handpick your sponsors yourself so that you are choosing the ones that work well. Once again, long-term you know, commitments there from your companies. And focus on the listener benefit. And one thing that I've seen with my ads is that the more uh, that I've, I phrase my wording in a way that says, like, like hey, listener, like, I have found something that I really believe is helpful for you, and here's why. And I position it in a way that's like, here's how I'm going to solve a problem I, I think you're experiencing because you're listening to my show. I know more about you. I'm really digging into why they should care. And the more of that that I do, the more engaged they are and the better it converts. Uh, so once again, that's just about being a phenomenal podcaster in general, uh, and that will serve you to have better ad spots going forward. Jeff Sanders, Podfecta Nashville 2018. You can find more information about Jeff and the 5AM Miracle at jeffsanders.com. If you want more information about Podfecta, you're interested in attending a Podfecta event, maybe hosting and organizing a Podfecta event. The information is available to you at podfecta.com. If you want to reach out to me, you've got questions, you've got comments, you can do that directly. Go to my website, bigpodcast.com. I've got a form you can fill out. The message goes directly to me. Thank you for listening to the Podfecta podcast. I'll see you at a Podfecta event on the next episode soon.